It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is ATL Day Ones, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, and it starts now. It is ATL Day 1s with Jarvis and Tanitra. It is a Tuesday. I'm not going to come up with some random strip club today to throw my, throw my partner off, Tanitra. <laughs> so, yeah, cause I was thinking about that the other day. I was just like, oh, my God, why did I do that? But, yeah, anyway, we want to uh, <laughs> welcome you in to ATL Day 1s. And also, as always, we always want to thank you making for making ATL Day 1s your first Listen of the day. And remember, we are free and available wherever you download your podcast. And while you're there, go ahead and leave us a, a five-star review. Just a, a glowing review of how much you love us and get down with us on a daily basis. Because we're here Monday through Friday, T. Um, we have a lot on board for today. Some good stuff on board for today. Uh, all this anticipation and excitement. For a pass rusher, we haven't heard we haven't had this much into excitement in quite some time. Actually, it's probably been about four or five years. And we'll 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 jump into that. Um, also, man, the Hawks, Luca, Trey Young, what does it mean? Batman, Robin. I'm just throwing keywords out here so you can get uh, anticipate what, what we're about to talk about in our deep dive. And uh, last but not least, in our uh, for the culture, y'all, like they always talk bad about us and how we don't support our teams. I got some big old facts to bring to the table and to ask, like, okay, where are those same people? They have mm-hmm. disappeared. Shocking. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> but before we get to all of that, uh, I, I think that, you know, with Rookie Minicamp uh, now in the books, and mm-hmm. we, we talked about, you know, a guy that kind of stood out to us yesterday on uh, in Drake London and, mm-hmm. you know, just the, how, how big he is and opposing he is. You know, if you missed that, make sure you just go to the uh, Locked On Sports Atlanta on YouTube and check that out. And so you can get call, called up. Yes. But today I think it was it's another guy that I, I would think it would behoove us to bring up because he was a guy that had made a big impression on, on the both of us. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, we're talking about Arnold Ebiketti. And yes. this is something that I thought that was kind of interesting because, mm-hmm. you know, he was a guy that was traded up for, yes, yeah, you know, in the second round, you know, um, and the Falcons have had issues with rushing the passer, mm-hmm. eighteen sacks last year, yes, and they have tried to get mm-hmm. you know bring in pass rushers, T, and I think the first guy that kind of that I thought that you brought up was. You know, Tack McKinley back in 2017, mm-hmm. he was brought yeah. in, and I think that there was a lot of anticipation and excitement mm-hmm. back then. And I think, you know, with Arnold Ebicated coming in now, mm-hmm. I think this is something that, you know, we've been, we've seen this movie before, and we all know how Tack McKinley ended. Yeah. Uh, and, I, and I think that, you know, Arnold Ebicated has some, some pretty big expectations to live up to. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. And it's so interesting because, like you said, we were talking about Tack McKinley, and that was the last time we saw excitement and at that that pass rusher position and just to be able to affect the quarterback. And one of the things that we liked about what 
his nickname is AK, so you're going to hear us call him AK from time to time. One of the things that we really liked about AK was his ability to possibly be that person. See, Jarvis and I, we're a little more realistic, right? So right, yeah. we look at the fact that in Tack McKinley's first year, we're talking six sacks, and his seven, uh, second year, we're talking seven sacks, and it could have been so much more if not for his body betraying him. So that's something that oftentimes is out of your control so here we have a fresh start right we're looking right, at exactly. somebody who is a fresh slate and why not if think about it jarvis if he got six this year that would be a third of the productivity from last year from right. sacks alone. alone so you're already ahead of the game but what i like about him as well is a six nine wingspan that tells me that you should also be able to affect the passing game in different ways, right? So I'm looking for passes defensed as well. I'm looking for you to be that person who's disruptive as well. And that's one of the things I want to continue to watch, even when we get to take a look at him in training camp, the way we were able to take a look at him in rookie mini camp this past weekend. Once they start getting into situations where they can put pads on, right? And even yes. into the preseason, how much can you show us about some of those, we'll call them additional or auxiliary stats, or maybe even Jarvis, we talked about Grady Jarrett, some of the things that don't show up in a stat line, but to start getting in position to where, no, you can't put three of your you can't put three players on Grady Jarrett or you can't put two players you can't double team or triple team anybody on the Falcons yeah. defense because that means you're going to leave him open and if you want to leave Abikete untouched then that means the guy on the other side under center oh he's going to get touched and I think I think it's two things with me I think you want and I basically sum up what you were saying is mm -hmm. he needs to be disruptive like yes. he needs to be able to you need to know that 47 is on the field and there's another yeah. guy that came in with a lot of anticipation in uh Vic Beasley. You yes. know, there were yes. times where he just disappeared in games. You didn't even mm -hmm. he didn't record a stat. There were times where he didn't record mm -hmm. a stat. He didn't even get a tackle. And I think that's that's the expectations that that we have set, you know, on this show and yeah. we will continue to set because I think mm -hmm. that you know, if you are a guy who was traded up for, so they saw value, they felt like they want to weren't going to get you where they were current, where they were sitting, and that's why I say mm -hmm. this is the parallels between he and Tat McKinley are pretty similar. You know, and because right. they end up trading up with the with the Seahawks to come get mm -hmm. him in 2017. So yep. all of those things, those factors come into place. Like the expectation is like you got to be disruptive. You know, yes. and I'm not necessarily looking at hardcore numbers especially Agreed. specifically sacks. it'd be yeah. great if you can get six sacks amazing love right. it keep mm -hmm. them coming but i think you know with me right now given the falcons dire situation that they have of yes. guys actually breathing on the quarterbacks you know yeah. let alone getting them on the ground right. I, I think that you know i'm greedy i'm a, i'm hungry I'm, I, I want to see it all. I don't want to just yeah. see sacks. I want to see sacks. I want to see tackles for loss. Tackles for loss. I want to see yes. batted balls. I want to see yes. it all. all and, it. That, and that's kind of where I, I think that, you know, it's okay to set those expectations right there mm -hmm. because it's not necessarily a hard number. Oh, if you don't get right. 10 sacks, he's a, he's a bust. No, I'm not saying that. Like, mm -hmm. But there are going to be – you're going to get plenty of indicators in his first year whether or not he's going to be able to succeed. And, and I think that – and, and that's okay with putting on the expectation given like right. the lack of production last year. 
Yeah, because we recall also someone in Foye Aluakan who slowly but surely made his way. And he was affecting things on defense, especially the run game. But he was Indeed. affecting things on defense long before his stat lines caught up with him last season, right? So, right. yeah, last season gets you the stats that gets you the big payday. But we're talking about seeing and watching up close and personal in your and my continuous trips up to Flowery Branch for training camps and practices, if you will, and even watching games, seeing the progression. And even, you know, I just had to take a quick look at his numbers. And that's one of those things you want to see when you look at Foyer leading the team, for example, with 192 tackles, but it's the solo tackles. It's the assisting in tackles, only two sacks. That's not, that's not going to be everybody's thing, right? Where we're going to see it, like cut and dry in the stat line. But like you said, looking for somebody who can just affect and disrupt and be that game changer. And we, we saw something we definitely liked in AK this Saturday. No doubt about it. We have been seeing a lot of great things from my girl, your girl, Ryan Howard of the Atlanta Dream, oh. the number one overall pick. The Dream traded the third and 14th overall pick to go up and get her. So it's like I love the fact that somebody they assessed that they weren't going to be able to get their person because yes. the, I think that's the part of that's the key in any draft, any mm -hmm. professional draft, like go and get the person that you want in order yes. to, you feel like it's going to change your franchise. And that's exactly what they did. 83 yes. points in the first four games of the, of the season. Like we haven't heard about this until I'm going to say these two words. Now mm -hmm. this may be a lot of putting a lot more pressure on, on Miss Howard. We haven't heard. We haven't, she's actually tied with 83 points through her first four games with Diana Taurasi. And we yeah. already know the effect that she's had on the game and yeah. and who she was and a Hall of Fame. You know, I don't think that's out of out of the works for her in her, her the near future. So right. I, I so I think, you know, with the way Ryan Howard has been playing and, mm -hmm. and you know the expectations with being the number one overall pick, mm -hmm. I think it's I think she's pretty much justified at this moment, right? <laughs> yes, yes. And I, I tell you, she is living up to the expectations and just having an opportunity to speak with her a couple of times. I feel like she has her head on straight and understands the assignment of what it means to be the number one overall pick and really have the weight of an entire franchise on your shoulders. And so she's delivering well. And of course, you know, I love when we get two-way play out of players and to see her out there with rebounds and assists and giving opportunities for second chance points and helping with distribution of the ball and good spacing and the couple home games that I've seen so far, really excited. And, and she's doing things that already are historic. No right. rookie. No rookie, no dream rookie has been WNBA player of the week. That is just that's, that's just phenomenal. And listen, I want you guys to pay close attention to her because that same energy that we gave in anticipation of what Trey Young was going to be able to do, of what Ronald Acuna would be able to do, and even a Joseph Martinez, if you will, you think about all of those players or even you know Kyle Pitts last year and, and of course Drake London this year, all of those top picks. All of those top picks, and especially when you have a situation, of course, where you trade up to go after that guy or that girl, give her that same energy because she, yeah, she's delivering early and I believe she'll also deliver often as well. We'll see tonight. Hopefully we'll talk to you guys about the dream improvement of four and one behind Ms. Ryan Howard as they look to take on the fever for the second time in three days tonight. 
tonight. And also tonight, the Atlanta Braves will be taking on the Brewers, trying to figure out how to score some damn runs. Yeah, because the Lost. math is happening for the Braves. <laughs> yeah, the math, they're saying right. You know, 16 strikeouts, they lose one to zero. You have a great performance by Ian Anderson yeah. and, you know, Spencer Strider. T, like, mm. I don't know about you, but you have to be concerned at this point. I know Memorial Day is our show, like, template, right? right? That's our show That's our show concern, right? That's where we're going to get concerned. But yes. I don't know. I, I'm starting to get a little bit more concerned as we yeah. get closer and closer to this Memorial Day uh, benchmark. Yeah, because it's the 17th. So, right. I mean, Memorial yeah. Day is right around the corner. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. Jarvis, I make the joke all the time, like, okay, whether we're talking sabermetrics or sabertooth tiger, whatever in the world they call their <laughs> metrics in baseball that they right. get overly obsessed about. Don't be mad, Grandma Colleen. Analytics. Don't, don't be mad at us. Don't be mad at us. You guys, make sure you check him out post-game for Lot on Sports Atlanta because he's great with it. But there is one interesting stat that I hope can uh, keep Braves country in a good space. There's this interesting stat of win-loss expectation, right? right. And mm -hmm. the Braves currently are 22nd in the league in terms of where they should be. But the good news is they're only one game out of where that win-loss, that particular sabermetric had them as of this point in the season. So I think that's very encouraging. Yes, they are fourth in the division right now. And yes, the Mets are one game ahead of where they were win-loss expectation or ratio was supposed to be at this point in the season. But again, Braves are just one game below where they were supposed to be. So I'm just going to take that as we're going to stay encouraged, but we're watching with a little concern. Indeed. We will be watching tonight. 740 is the first pitch. Tucker yes. Davidson will be on the mound. Spencer Strider yeah. was supposed to be in that spot, but they had to use him last night. But, yeah. you know, we will see if they can get back on track. And we will see – that if you're going to come back around, you better come back around for the next segment because we're going to get to a little conversation about Batman, Robin, co-Robin, Luca, you know, the NBA playoffs. We'll get into all of that and discuss whether or not where the Hawks go from here. And we'll get into that. And that's coming up on yes. ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanitra, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. What's good, family? It's ATL Day Ones. I'm Tanitra. That is Jarvis. And we appreciate you guys for joining us again as we do this deep dive into the Hawks. We also appreciate you guys for continuing to support us on YouTube. Over a thousand subscribers. Keep on rocking with us. Keep going to our page and liking and subscribing and telling everybody else about a show that talks all things Sports Atlanta. And you can check out the entire Locked On Sports Atlanta family there as well and of course don't forget that when you go to wherever you get your podcast whatever platform that is be sure to give us a five-star review we hope we're giving you content that is worthy of that like this hawks content this hawks that we are about to dig into and yeah you know we admit sometimes it's difficult to kind of watch what's going on with the nba playoffs but you got to keep your eye on it right jarvis because you have to know who it is that is a potential moving part that could move itself right here to Atlanta, right? So even yes. paying attention to the draft lottery, thank goodness, tonight the Hawks are not in it for once. It, you know, last year, I guess it's the second year in a row, and, and uh, Jamie Gertz had mentioned that several years ago, like, yeah, we're not about to do this every year. So now the Hawks are finally at that point. However, they still have their picks. 16 and 44 as of now to decide right. what they do want to do with those picks for the draft. And while, listen, 
we don't expect them to necessarily get a Robin type or a secondary type or that go-getter, that second tier, uh, second guy in the draft, but maybe they'll use the picks to maybe leverage to get a Robin. So that's where you and I kind of started our conversation because you look at a team and we talked about the Bucks in particular, although we could go across the landscape of who got to the semifinals and ultimately to the conference finals, right? But the Bucks right. eliminated from the playoffs it's obvious that they are a perfect example of what happens when you don't have a real Robin or a term that we have coined a co-Robin to send right. really uh, help, right? So if you want to send help for Trey, who would be that guy like a Chris Middleton where Giannis, as great as Giannis is, arguably the best player in the league, could not even get back to the conference finals without his co-Robin? Because I don't know if everyone would consider Chris Middleton like a true Robin, Robin, but when it's Giannis and Chris Middleton and maybe one other guy doing his thing, then we, we know what happens. They get championships. So my question to you is this, Jarvis. You started it. I want to continue it. Okay. Of bringing people into the chat. So Joel Embiid entered the chat last week as you sent your love letter to Daryl Morey on what he needs to be doing and what we need to be considering here. So I want to throw somebody else into the chat, and that is DeAndre Ayton. He has entered the chat. And why? Because there's some unrest. There's some unhappiness going on in the Valley of the Sun, and there's a possibility that he could be maybe a co-robin possibility, Jarvis? What you think? Uh, my whole thing with with any any big that can rebound and and, and get buckets, you know, yes. he's a guy that uh, kind of a little bit of an old school type player. You know, he mm -hmm. can give throw the ball into the post and he can get he can get busy some. Yeah, can run that pick and roll. He can be a rim runner and finish at the rim. That that's 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 um DeAndre Ayton's type game. He even mm -hmm. he's even got. I was kind of looking at the numbers. I was like. He even got really good at, you know, yeah. not really good, but he got a lot his better three. at shooting yeah. the three and as well. Yeah. His three. Yeah, yeah. 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 So you can tell he, he's kind of growing his game. And, and yes. I think that he has that – the main piece, though, an important piece is that he's a double-digit rebound guy consistently. Yes. And I, that's what – that's a guy. And also he can get busy on, on the defensive end as well. Mm -hmm. And I think when you pair somebody like that with Trey Young, yes. you know, like – I know that you know Chris Paul is there at, at the point mm -hmm. guard position, and uh, and he or point guard as he people <laughs> to him as. I don't think that I'm not saying that Trey Young is just out of this world better than Chris Paul, but mm -hmm. I think that we all it's safe to say that Chris Paul is at is at a certain point in his career sure. where he's on the backside of it, yeah, um, or the yeah. back nine at, for all my golf enthusiasts out there. Mm -hmm. And and Trey is start is is just continue to ascend yeah. as one of the better point guards in the NBA, okay. and I think that when you talk pair somebody up like that mm -hmm. with him, that can go with him, that can pay thirty five to thirty seven minutes a night, maybe even forty if you need if if need be. Mm -hmm. I I think I'm all on board for that because yeah. when you talk about the unrest and and paying attention to what's going on with these uh, other teams. Mm -hmm. When DeAndre Aiden is sitting on sitting on the bench in the fourth quarter and hasn't played yeah. that much, and your head coach comes up to you, Money Williams, and says, "Hey, you want to go back in?" and his answer was, "Nope." 
Right. That's a problem. <laughs> there are some issues. There is some stuff yeah. going on in Phoenix, yeah. and, and Devin Booker kind of got exposed. Mm-hmm. You know this. You know in the playoffs, and people's like, mm-hmm. "Oh, you're not as good as you thought you were," or maybe you yeah. aren't an all star that you think you are. Right, right. So I, I think that when you have all those factors, those are the things that we're saying. Hey, pay attention pay because attention. you never know what could go down once these once these general managers and people in the in these inside these organizations start. Having having conversations and yeah I, I think i think i love i love you thinking t uh um I, i'm really interested you've piqued mm-hmm. my interest with, with this whole deandre Aiden piece yeah because other than ben simmons do we really know where people stand in terms of their unrest or their openness or willingness for players to move from point a to point b at the beginning of the season everybody was so just bent set on saying, oh, no, you know, Bradley Beal, he'll never move. He'll never leave D.C. Oh, OK. Now there's some commentary saying, well, same thing with Zach Levine. Oh, no, you know, everything's great in Chicago. They're doing the darn thing. He wouldn't leave. Mm, OK, now where where are we? Nobody saw this necessarily coming from DeAndre Eight. Now, there may be some insiders who cover the Suns on a day to day basis that may have known about some unrest ahead of the recent unraveling of the Suns. But most people did not know that. So I say that to say, let's dig into it, Travis Schlink. Let's dig into it, Hawks front office. Let's see if there's any viability in terms of them and maybe a third team being a trade partner if a sign and trade is what's needed. But let's delve into why there's unrest or why maybe he's disgruntled. If he is, maybe it was just a momentary thing. But every, like we told you guys, almost everybody we're looking at, hey, go on and kick the tires and let's see what you get, especially because he's what we would consider a co-Robin. He wouldn't be the complete answer, wouldn't be the complete answer by any stretch of the imagination. There's still an opportunity out there to get a Robin, but certainly he could be a co-Robin, meaning he might be your third guy, if you will, or maybe even your number two on certain nights. Now, speaking of that, One of the things I think about as well, and that's just me, you know, that's sort of the camp that I kind of live in. I'm still rocking with, we need an elite backcourt. And we don't Mm -hmm. have a one-two elite backcourt punch in the Hawks. But what we're seeing is sort of some different definitions of what elite backcourts look like, right? So Mm -hmm. looking at Luka Doncic, for example, because we want to talk about it. We know that's what you guys want to talk about for a few minutes as well. That conversation is always going to rear its head. It reared its head last year when Trey Young and company got to the Eastern Conference Finals, and all things were, yeah, the Hawks did it right. They got trade. Yeah, exactly. The, the trade worked. <laughs> all of a sudden this year, oh, God, the sky is falling. Luka Doncic and the Mavs upset the Suns, and they're in the Western Conference Finals. The sky is falling. I don't think the Hawks did the right thing. Uh, you know what? Uh, pump and breaks, as Jarvis would say. Pump right. and breaks. Because you got to think about so many other factors, right, Jarvis? First yes. of all, It's Jalen Brunson really taking his game to the next level, right? Let's start Mm -hmm. right there. And then it's Spencer Dinwiddie bringing the noise from the bench, right, and giving them exactly what they needed. And their ability, give Jay Kidd some credit, their ability as a team, as a coaching staff, to figure out what they needed to do to essentially neutralize the backcourt for the Suns, right? But you look into some of the things that built that, right? Not just that Luca all of a sudden is the best player on the planet, the most amazing player on the planet, and it's about stats. No, it's about things like his attitude, his conditioning that started to improve as the year wore on, his commitment to defense. Those are some of the things, and it just got me to thinking, Jarvis, I think 
fans make a mistake if they want to simplify it down to, oh, did the Hawks get it right with Trey? Oh, did Luca get it right? Did the Mavs get it right with Luca? What about this concept, Jarvis? What happens when maybe you as a player listen to your coach in somebody like a Jay Kidd who's a Hall of Famer, in Dirk Nowitzki, your your mentor, if you will, and then you start putting those nuggets in place to become this guy and take your game. And even if Trey Young, as Trey Young continues to evolve his game, I you know I've been saying, uh, Nate McMillan, could you call maybe one of your old teammates, Gary Payton, maybe to help evolve Trey's game? But yeah, I just for me, Jarvis, it's more about it's more than just about this tired conversation this tired questioning that we keep hearing about who's better Luca or or Trey or who got the better deal Hawks or Mavs yeah I think it's a matter of what was right for both organizations right yes. uh, I, I think that you know Dallas saw their guy and they tried to do everything in order to get their guy the mm-hmm. the, the Hawks um, pinpoint their guy and they did everything they possibly could to get their guy and i think it's working out for both organizations right Mm -hmm. and i think it's just a matter of the whole social media aspect of you know people having a little fomo and like like you know trey did this last year right on the biggest stage in madison square garden and just saying waving bye-bye and uh, you know, dealing with people spitting on him, and then he went to Philly in Game Seven, and just like showed you exactly what the Hawks were thinking they were getting in him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like for guys to justify that on the biggest stage, that's just mm-hmm. how you know. Just chill out. Yeah. You know, it's okay. They have Luca. The we have. Now, when I say we, I mean the city. The city of mm-hmm. Atlanta has Trey yes. Young, and both teams are happy, and both teams are excited about the future. And yes. now, I just think it's just a matter of figuring out how they can be better. You know, Agreed. whether or not it's bringing a, a Cole Robin or a Robin, or mm-hmm. whether or not that is going and making a a, a phone call that might seem to be crazy as hell to Daryl Moore. You know, right. all of those, or call, calling down to the Valley of the Sun and say, okay, hey. Mm-hmm. We know he's up for a big contract. You know, we can work something out. You know, if y'all like John or DeAndre or whoever, mm-hmm. you know, those are the type of conversations that that need to be had in order to take your team to the next level. But yes. that's that's what you need to start wor- worrying about, and not necessarily, oh, we should have had Luca. No, nobody care about that. That's yeah. all that surface surface level conversation that you can go and kick rocks with that. We yeah. we don't do that here, and yeah. I think that it's just all about trying to figure out how to get better mm-hmm. and figure out you know, what's best for the organization going forward. Agreed. It couldn't have said it better. And yeah, we just, there are so many, so many different things that we can play around with, with what will make, you said the perfect word, the organization better, because it's not just about this one little aspect or that. There are layers to this thing. There's levels to this thing. And that's what we're looking at. That's why I think somebody should give Gary Payton a call. I'm just saying. But just like we want you guys to give context to what's going on with the Hawks organization and look at the layers and the levels of it, let's also do the same thing for Braves country, because you know what? And for the culture, we're going to tell you exactly kind of the ups and the downs we're going to give you some love for what it is that you do in understanding the levels and the layers of support that you should still give the braves and braves country but also we'll talk a little bit about hmm why is it that you walk away from giving them so support so quickly so want to hear about it come back for the culture on the other side Final segment of ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanitra. We want to thank you for rocking with us throughout the entire show. If you yes. missed it, I'm just going to tell you, 
go back and check it out. We got some stuff just for you. And if you have not checked this out before, welcome. Welcome into ATL Day Ones. We are part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. All you got to do is go and find us wherever you download your uh, podcast. Make sure you type in that search box, Locked On Sports Atlanta. And also, once you start liking us, because you're going to like us, like there's no doubt in my mind that you're going to do that. <laughs> Make sure you go ahead and leave us a five-star review. We really yes. appreciate you in advance. You. All right, see, this is the For the Culture segment. Well, we yeah. intersect between entertainment, sports, and the culture. And, you know, sometimes wherever the hell we want to talk about this, just because that's how we get down on this particular show. Now, so now this is petty. Like, you know, for those you don't know, T knows I can get petty at times. So, you know, when I came across these stats, I was just like, yes, this is exactly where we're going. All right. So I came across some attendance stats. Right. You know, the Atlanta Braves, you know, coming off a World Series win, mm -hmm. you know, there is, you know, uh, I know they're struggling right now, but, you know, right. we talked about the, the balance between positives and negatives. So this mm -hmm. is most definitely a positive. Yes. And I came across this and like, this is, I'm going to run off the names of the teams that are in, that are in the top five mm -hmm. in attendance in the, in the entire Major League Baseball, the entire league. This is yeah. the top five in attendance. Dodgers, number one, 49,000. Mm -hmm. Cardinals, number two, 38,000. And right here sitting right smack dab at number three are the Atlanta Braves at 37,000. The Padres, who they just lost to, uh, 37,000 in them damn Yankees at 36,000. Hey, so, yeah, yeah. Hey, look, hey, I don't rock with the Yankees. I don't, I, I never have, and I never will. <laughs> I, I'm sorry to hear that. You know, that's okay. I won't, I won't shame you to shame the devil, you know, you know, and everything. I, I, I sent up a quick prayer for you because, you know, Lord knows I don't like the Yankees and they can just do what they need to do. Hey, but dude. we're not talking about the Yankees. We're talking about the Braves here. So, I Braves right you. here, number three in attendance. And I just want to, Point out a person. You know, I'm going to read you this headline that was written about 10 years ago. And mm -hmm. there was a lot of um, <clears throat> uh, angst that was uh, geared towards it. And I think that, you know, if I once I tell you who wrote it, you mm -hmm. wouldn't be surprised okay. that it was like this. The city of Atlanta doesn't deserve to win by Rob Parker. Now, Rob Parker is a guy who's known to be a little hot. Like when it comes into the hot takes, he's a guy that doesn't mind saying certain things that people will not say, and, <laughs> and people wouldn't even fix their mouths to say, right. you know, uh, because it's so crazy and outlandish. So, you know, for you know Rob Parker, who probably still believes this, even ten years later, that he, you know that, that the city of Atlanta doesn't deserve a winner. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, man. Here's to you, uh, Mr. Parker. Yeah, that. That I'm not gonna do the, the other salute, but I'm gonna give you a nice salute to like yeah, check that out right there. Top five, baby, up there with the big number one markets in the world, the number two markets in the world. So yeah, I gotta go ahead and bring that up. And uh yeah, shame on you, brother. Up here, dog gonna talk about my city. Right. But we do like Rob Parker. He's good. Yes, we like him. We like we him. Yeah. Vehemently disagree with that particular stance. And not just Rob, because we know you guys might say, Well, that was a decade ago. No, no, no. We the, the city of Atlanta. We've been others, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We still get grief. In fact, I was speaking to someone just a couple of days ago that literally called us a mid-market sports team, like a major market 
city in every other way except sports. And we're mid-market. Now, the reason they say that is, okay, understandable, because yeah. you know, says our fan, the fan base melts down at the drop of a hat, fair weather at the drop of a hat, sky is falling at the drop of a hat. That's why we talked at the beginning of the show about not necessarily looking at the Braves as the sky is falling just yet. But right. man, for the Braves to be right up there, because you think about the Dodgers, right? Of course, that is a winning, a hallowed franchise, just like the Yankees, except for maybe the last several years. But those franchises, you expect to be in the top five in attendance because they're they're truly, those are the upper echelon, the blue bloods, if you will, of MLB. Now, St. Louis, that's a baseball town. That right. is no baseball. We know players like our friend Randy McMichael, who played ball with the Rams and will tell you in a heartbeat that St. Louis is simply not a football town. It's certainly not a basketball town. They don't have a pro team. It's a baseball town. So for them to be number two is impressive. But Braves country, proud of you because not only are you number three, but you're actually trending to surpass the two million mark in attendance for this year. That's yes. major. Keep rocking with the Braves. Keep showing the world that this is not a fair weather sports town, especially when it comes to the Braves. And I can attest to that. I am one of the transplants to this town. And yes, I do rock with the Yankees because that's who I grew up seeing on TV. But guess who else I rock with? The Braves. That's the team that when I moved here, I was already a fan of and now have been privileged to cover. But I was a fan of the Braves long before. And I, we always see Alex Anthopoulos is riding the ship. And also, Truist Park low-key, because obviously as the in-game analyst, I'm going to tell you how amazing the Hawks' in-game experience is because it's been right. number one in the league for four years and counting, right? Oh. And able to be a part of it this year. Humble brag. No, no, no. I, I, yeah, humble. I'm bragging for the Hawks. That's a brag on them. It's, it's a humility on my part. But yeah, Indeed. great experience. Arthur Blank has done an amazing job with the Benz to be not only an amazing experience for Falcons fans, but also definitely for United fans. It's, it's otherworldly. But what they've done at Truist Park low-key, Jarvis, man, it's amazing out there, too. So you guys keep rocking with the Braves. Hopefully they'll turn the tide. But, yeah, that number, Braves being in the top three, that's exactly where they should be, just like A to Z with Mark Zeno is exactly where he needs to be in our top three. You know, we always talk about our top three, if you will, Indeed. with uh, John Chuckery hitting hard, our other uh, top, in the top three with A to Z with Mark Zeno. And of course, us rock with us first. We always ask you to stop by our show first. But your second stop, especially going up on a Tuesday, should be A to Z with Mark Zeno. So come <laughs> yes. back and rock with us tomorrow. Oh. Hopefully, we'll be talking about a rubber match opportunity, an opportunity for the Braves to win their second series against the Brewers in just a week. If Ian, uh, if uh, not Ian Anderson, he took care of business, of course, in game one. But now we have Tucker Davidson hopefully yes. coming in to take care of business in game two. So we'll talk a little bit of Braves tomorrow. And who knows what else we'll talk about. You want to know? Come back and see us tomorrow. Be safe out in them streets because, man, Jarvis, it's hot in her. I'm up here sweating in the house right now. Y'all make sure y'all come back now, you hear? Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.